Boom. All right. Hi, this is Greg Anderson, and, and this is the Living in Carver County podcast. It's an insider's conversation with the people who make Carver County the best place to live, work, and raise a family. We are doing something completely different this time, something that we've never done. I'm partnering with Matt Uderman, who you remember has been on one of the shows. He's amazing. He's one of the county commissioners. And this is a live chat with Matt. Yeah. Oh, forgive me. Yeah, I'm... we're matching it up. I, I thought that was a recording when you said that, but that's, you actually say it. It's good. And so our guest today, and we're doing this kind of jointly, is uh, Chris and Rachel Residents. Um, they both have a really compelling story. Matt, why don't you kind of set them up, set this up, and kind of cue them up so we? I can heard about kind these guys, in. but I never met Chris until I think it was what was it, last weekend or two yep. weekends ago. Yeah. There was a homeless sleepout, and you provided the pizza. I'll give the punchline right now. They are the ones opening up the Red Savoy downtown Chaska next to the Dunn Brothers, but there's or Dunn Brothers. Dunkin' Donuts, but there's way more to the story, and we kind of want to get into the rest of that story. Um, these guys own five locations, including the Chask one that opens tomorrow, if you're watching it today, Tuesday, and uh, the pathway to eight more. And so I think that the best way to start up is the way you normally start up, is tell us the story of how you got to, the, to Red Savoy, um, yeah. and you shared some of that story at the homeless night sleepout. Yep, yeah, so I grew up in Winona, kind of far from here. Um, my brother died when I was 15 years old. That led me into a path of a whole bunch of dark stuff. I started using uh, all sorts of drugs, started with pot, escalated all the way up to meth. So 2015, so from 15 to 25, every single day I was using drugs. And for the last two years was the meth use. I was in and out of jail. I was homeless. I was uh, too ashamed to go to my parents. And even if I did, they wouldn't answer because I was in and out of jail. They were done with it. They said, figure it out. You know, don't come back until you do. So I would sneak into their backyard up at the top of their hill, sleep behind a bush and leave before the sun came up. And that was where I was at when I went to Teen Challenge. I was in jail, filled out an application. Teen Challenge pursued me. They kept calling. They're saying, we know you want this. We're saving you a bed. We don't save beds, but we're saving a bed for you. And they did for about three weeks. They came and picked me up from the hospital because I had a broken nose. Someone punched me and broke my nose. Uh, so I went in 130 pounds, broken nose, all bloody and black and blue. I brought a towel and a pair of shorts and left my hometown, went to Teen Challenge. And um, that's where I met someone who was opening up these Red Savoy pizzas. So fast forward a year, went through the program, worked on myself. She came in the picture at the end of the program. Um, crazy story, but we knew that we were supposed to be together. So we ended up getting married and having four kids, another one on the way. But yeah, graduating there, someone someone said, you haven't done anything to deserve this. I don't know why we're doing this for you, but we're gonna give you a job at Savoy with us. And it was opening up a brand new location in Eden Prairie. So we started working there, 12 bucks an hour in the kitchen, $10, $9 an hour as a delivery driver. So um, that's where it all started. Fast forward another five years, and the guy says, I don't know why I bought this, I think God had me buy it to sell it to you. And I was like, well, I can't argue with that. Let's let's move forward with that. So we did. And then throughout the next few years, there were... So, I'm sorry, could I jump in here? When, yeah. when was this? I mean, uh, so because you're going really fast. Yeah, grand so, grand <laughs> These are some really big steps. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. A lot to unpack here. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. So, yes. so 2014, checked into treatment. Okay. 2015, graduated. Okay. September 2015 was the first restaurant opening and wow. then we worked in the restaurant 40 50 hours a week as an hourly employee for till 2019 of june 
Okay. And that's when we purchased. Okay. And that was just someone gave me an opportunity. So I had no credit. I had everything in collections. I was on felony probation in three different states. I didn't have a license. I didn't have a car. I had absolutely nothing. Like I said, I left with a towel and a pair of shorts and went to treatment. I had absolutely nothing. I'd be picking him up from treatment. I remember he didn't have a car or anything. I actually grew up in Carver County. And um, yeah, I remember driving down there to Minneapolis, picking him up, bringing him to work, driving him back. And yeah, you can tell the car story. It's pretty crazy. The car story? Yeah. <laughs> How we got a car? How you got a car and you paid everything off. Right. So that was just the whole model of, of Alos, which we haven't even gotten to yet, is just to do another time what was done for me. So someone gave me an opportunity that was undeserved based on my past, but deserved based on who I'm supposed to be. So he gave me the job. I'm like, well, that's great, but I can't get here. I don't have a car. I don't have a license. He takes me out in the parking lot. He's like, he says a little prayer with me. And he's like, well, you're going to need to get to work. Here's your car. I'm like, well, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. But I don't have a license. Like, I got all these fees. Everything's in collections. I got to pay a reinstatement fee. I got to pay a fine to the courts. So all right, let's go to the DMV. He brings me to the DMV, pays for everything. Wow. And yeah, and that's what we want to recreate is that let's start a clean slate, an actual clean slate. Like everyone can get a chance and get assistance and get help through all these programs, but it's hard when you got the past keeping you back. So how can we delete the past so you feel new and move forward in that? You gotta heal the inner before you can just give, 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 because at a certain point nothing is gonna change. You know, you can just keep doing the same thing, but what's the actual core issues of why you are where you are? Mm-hmm. I just that. I just want to interject. Thanks for being so vulnerable, and I'm hoping that this story gets heard by a lot and is inspiration. Um, I think that sometimes people view you use the word homeless or addict or other things is it's those people. It's something else. Mm-hmm. You're a real human being that's making right. um, a, a life for yourself. Yep. Can you talk to the people that may have never heard from somebody that experienced what you did as homeless? Are you an anomaly? Is this possible? What made it possible to be the path that you're on now, having children, running businesses? Yeah, so I mean, it can be, and it is, anybody. And it's not because they're bad people who, it's, I had a trauma. I had, my brother died when I was, my big brother died when I was 15 years old. And that, you know, I didn't have anywhere to go with my coping, so I started smoking pot. I got expelled from school, and it just went downward from there. And it's just, it's normal people who are just trying to cope with life and Having someone come alongside me and see you're not doing what you're supposed to do, but you are supposed to be somebody and just giving me opportunity based on what they saw in me. I think our Carver County and a larger community is generous. They're generous with their money. They're generous with their time. This individual is generous with giving you opportunities. You kept right. saying multiple times it was undeserved. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump to this piece that says, tell people if they see something in someone that may, may be struggling. Mm-hmm. What did you need to hear in that moment? Because you had to want to do it. Yep, I had to want it. Somebody had to want to give you an opportunity. Those two pieces met, and that yep. doesn't always happen, but can you speak to when those two pieces met? What was what compelled you to want a different life? I wanted a different life because everything, I was in and out of jail, I was on my way to prison, I had two years prison time hanging over my head. Like It was either spend my, the rest of my life in prison or end up dead. I think everybody who's living in that, even if they can't, say it they want change they want to be different they want to be better than they are so it's having someone come alongside you and and encourage you in that and and get you kind of to agree with yourself that you want it and to vocalize it and it's not pushing it on them it's i'm i'm with you even when you're doing that stuff i'm gonna 
I'm with you, but you know, I think there's something better. And it's just lightly pushing while building relationship. For you, what was it? I mean, it sounded like you you said your parents were there, but they had kind of. So my parents, that's a trauma of, for them. They right. lost their son. Well, they so, kind of lost two sons for a while. Yeah, right. And the daughter. It was our whole family just mm-hmm. went to shambles at that point. I mean. So, so I'm assuming, at least the limited involvement that I've had with people who are going through hard challenges, that different people come along and you, they're maybe not ready at that moment. Right. For you, what was it that, what was the switch, you know, that said this time yes? I mean, I'm assuming it wasn't the first time someone reached out, right? Yeah. I mean, we have a shared person that we talked about offline that you had interacted with when you right. were going through some of your darker days, yeah. you know, but what was the switch when you agreed? What was that catalyst that got you to say yes? For me, it was a combination of what was going on in my life and a person. So there was a person in the, in the right place at the right time. So the last time I went to jail, uh, crazy meth world, someone smashed my headlights on my car. They smashed my windshield because I owed some there. Yeah, a meth deal. So I drove away from that, parked on the side of the road and passed out with a bunch of meth in the side of my door. Officer comes up, knocks on the window. He's like, oh, we thought you were dead in here. The car accident, the car's all smashed up. Nope, not dead, sleeping. And he's like, well, you know, points to all the meth, brings me to jail on my mom's birthday. Mm. Call my mom, call my dad, call every single person that owes me money. $250 was all it took to bail me out. Nobody would bail me out. There's two people set in jail, one against me, one for me. So the one against me says, I know, I know you can get meth. Like you're a drug dealer. Can I'll bail you out for two fifty? I get out tomorrow. I'll bail you out for two fifty. The other guy says, "Hey, I'm going to Teen Challenge. If you want to mm. get better, that's the real deal." And this guy was sneaking sandwiches under my pillow because I was 130 pounds. I laid in bed for the first like 12 days in jail, didn't move. And every time I'd wake up, I look behind me. There's a sandwich in my bed, and people were fighting over the leftover food. Mm. And this guy just kept giving me the sandwich, and and so that prodding of someone being kind to me, if they don't know me. I look scary, and he's just giving me a sandwich and telling me about Teen Challenge. I'll, I'll sign up for Teen Challenge. Crazy. Hmm. I don't want to go to prison. Crazy. What was that period of time like for both of you? Because I'm sure you were endured. Were you in the vault? You weren't involved I didn't know point. him. So the, how we met was I, so I grew up in Carver County, had kind of a crazy life. Dad died, a bunch of stuff happened, and then I was uh, saved and cleaned, and I went to um, Haiti Teen Challenge, and I had a dream while I was in Haiti that I was dating Chris. Cool saw him one time because my girlfriend's husband was in Teen Challenge. And, uh, mm. so and we didn't know each other. No, we didn't know each other. But then he prayed that God would bring a wife into his life because he was ready. And yep. this was like the same week, basically. And then we met two days later. And she literally comes and says, uh, can you introduce me to your husband's friend? I think I'm supposed to be dating him. And then like six months later, we were engaged. And then we were married three months later. And we had pregnant our wedding night. And now we have five kids. So... I don't want to paint the picture that from when you decided to go to Teen Challenge today has been rosy and easy. Uh, it's been no. a path. Can you talk about the struggles and challenges? Because you've got all the all the world's challenges of opening a business, and then and then and then. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been a lot. It's it's the balance of figuring out how to so living for yourself and all the addiction and the homelessness. It's always so it's a balance of how do we now live for the family, keep that as a priority. Well. Uh, businesses are open, 60 employees. We've got the Opportunity Homes with the guys. 
Um, there's expansion going on with that for five more homes. So it's how to give each and every person the time. And that's come up with us too. It's like, there's it's just a lot going on at Keeping all the this time. a solid foundation. And then, you know, our kids too, they've all had crazy health things. And there's just the stories we've had in the last six years are mm-hmm. unbelievable. But it's just finding the boundaries and learning how to keep this as solid as possible because this is where it needs to start. And then it can all flourish from there. We probably should stop and unpack the house part because I, we didn't really. Yeah, we we'll keep mentioning it. We but, keep mentioning it, but yeah. it hasn't. You haven't kind of expanded on that. So, yeah. so maybe let's go back in time. You got the first restaurant. Yep. Um, through uh, uh, an arrangement with the previous owner, I'm yep. assuming he did some kind of finance. You know, contract seller financing. Down. Okay, so he's so he's kind of encouraging you. What's what's kind of what's that next step? What's what's happening at that point? Because I mean, you're you're still coming from. Um, uh, scripting that's broken. Yep. You know. Yep. So how are you? How are you sort of packing your life and trying to learn this business? I mean, I'm just, you work there, but it's kind of different when you own it than right. when you work there, right? Yep. And so, how are you piecing all this together to get to that next step to, let's say, the second restaurant? So it's a big trust piece and trusting that I've been brought to a place, I've got a purpose and I'm moving forward in that purpose with my uh, my faith and what I believe. So that was a big component. And then... But so, what, okay, wait, what is the purpose? The, I mean, because you're, you're getting, you get, you. I mean, like for most business people, it's like the purpose is to try to keep the doors open, right? Yeah, so the purpose so, of Savoy is to fund Alos. Alos was birthed because of Savoy. Spell, and, it, spell and, Alos. A-L-L-O-S. And that is a Greek word? Greek word, it means another. It's just another ministry doing another time what God did for me and teaching people that they can do that again for others. When did that concept come into play? Was that so like that, at the origin of the first restaurant or is that something that sort of evolved so from that? When we first bought our house, I said, there's no reason. Okay, that's a big jump too. Wait. You're going from bankrupt, <laughs> like I've got all these bills, to now I have this restaurant I'm getting with zero down. So, I, I, so you know, maybe... let's go back before we bought the restaurant. Okay. We got a house when we were engaged and we moved into it when we got married. No reason we should have been able to get the house. We didn't have the financial history for it. We shouldn't have got approved for a loan. So we're like, okay. God gave us this house for something. We're gonna we're gonna use this house. We're not selling it. Eventually, we're moving, but this house is for something. And we spoke that out multiple times, and people are like, "Well, that's kind of crazy because you're not gonna be able to move without a down payment. You gotta sell your house." Right. Like, I don't know why. That's just that's what I've heard. It's this house is for something. And we were able to remodel it uh, and have it's a six bedroom Rambler in Shakopee. So yep. just this cute little old house, but. You can pack a lot of people in there, which yeah. is crazy too. It's like comfortably, six, yeah, comfortably. And not pack them two in. living, not pack them, but you know, <laughs> there's too many kitchens, there's two living rooms. Sorry, it sounds like it's just no, 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 phenomenon that we were I was just a delivery driver Chris didn't have any credit so it was all on mine at the time mm-hmm. and I got approved for it and I you know right away I was like why would we buy a house Chris let's get an apartment and just be normal he's like nope we gotta be in a house and I'm like okay whatever is that when Alice was born that was the first planting of the, the vision of it. because it's like well, this house is used for something we don't know what but we're not moving we're right. gonna use this when we're gone it's it's for something so that was the first seed for Alice and then throughout working at the restaurant before I owned it there, 
every people came in and they worked and then they left on good terms and it was always a thank you they was like thank you for what you did like i did nothing we worked together and they're just like well thank you you know you've done a lot and i'm like okay but i haven't so then that was like what if we actually take the time with these people that are thanking me what if we can do more for them what if we can actually because all i did i would go home to her i'm like i spent 10 minutes talking with a guy once in a while and he thanks me when he leaves the job like what is that what how is how is he getting such little attention in his life that I deserve a thank you? So we're like, there's gotta be something in that too. We can expand on that. So that was the next piece of Alos. So, sorry, I keep jumping in here because no, the story's really no, good. Right. So did, were you hiring people that were uh, coming in were out of recovery or were these just like random we were, people? Or, I mean, was, was there specifically people. people that were you're targeting to try to yeah, fund this kind of objective general. or is it just sort of just a just general the industry that's the okay. industry right. so a so, lot of people that come in are uh, addicts or struggling with homelessness and that's just the industry so okay so it's the nature of the industry not there. something that yeah, you've a lot of single moms was intentional. Lot of just people that jump job to job every four or five weeks you know okay they, i'm sorry so keep going no, so, so yeah, now, there was that thank you. Um, and then, yeah, so that was the first two things. We got the house. We got these people who are super appreciative of something. I don't know what. Of just working together. So then when we got the business, that's when through prayer it was kind of solidified eight and eight. Eight's not a significant number to me. So I was like, okay, well, that's eight and eight. We're going to do eight houses and eight restaurants. So, again, shouldn't have happened. There's no possible way a banker is going to approve me. So some banker approved me for an area development agreement of eight restaurants. So then we, again, I don't know how we can come up with the money for eight restaurants because you got to buy the franchise agreement for each one. It happened. We we got the money for eight, purchased eight. That's a crazy story in itself. Um, and then we're on to now. We've got the five house, five more houses. We've got the first one open with six guys in it. But so right now you've got two houses. One house, oh, six guys. One house, six guys. All working for you. Four of them work for us. One of them worked for us, and he works now with Amazon. It's an option, not a not mandatory. But the ones who do work with us, you see faster growth. And they're paying rent to stay there, or saying their cost. Both. So we're not going to ever charge someone. So we never want to be burdened by the obligation that they have to pay rent um, to pay our bills. So that's what we're trying to work on: is becoming fully self-sufficient, so that we can help someone without any eagerness to get their money. Am I assuming this right that you guys no longer live at that house? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, would that would be tight. Really right? yeah. That's the packing yeah. 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 So I'm going to come back to the, the business in a second, but um, I, I want to get this in while we got people's attention at 18 minutes. Do you get a sense for how many folks are homeless or on the brink of homelessness in our community, that being Carver County, particularly Eastern Carver County mm -hmm. and spilling over into Shakopee? So it is more than you would think because a lot of people um, view homelessness as the guy standing on the corner with a sign saying help, but it's actually just people couch surfing place to place. They uh, are short on their rent, so they get kicked out, and then there's they've got so a mom with two kids, and she's going to a friend's house, and then another friend's house, and then another friend's house, and then a hotel. So the hotels are packed with people that are homeless. Um, so I'm not... I can speak at least on Scott County, you know, that's where we live currently, um... They say right now they have the highest amount of children in the homeless list that they have going right now in hotels. So I think they said before there's like 86 individuals that does not include children right. that are just homeless floating around. So I can only imagine that's probably similar to Carver County at the moment. I mean, but and that's only people who see. Who are in? I was just gonna say that's yep, the people that's they only know people about. That are, 
claiming to be home. You know what I mean? Just yeah. on the in the system. Versus... We had a, a guy. He came by the restaurant. He's uh he's got a girlfriend and a two month old. And he called. He's like, I was just biking by, and I felt like I should call and see if I can work with you. So he came in. I'm not usually at the restaurant at this time, but I was there when he came in and I actually ended up training him, which again, not usually a thing. And we started talking. He's like, yeah, I'm living in a hotel. I'm homeless. We've been staying there for a while. It's super hard to afford. I've got a kid. I'm like, well, that's perfect because we've got housing that we're opening up for homeless families. And yeah, yep. so it's... I just like that. I've said it often that how, how, how reliant we are as a county on civic organizations, not-for-profits, faith organizations and individuals to bring forth um, their generosity. I think before I ran for commissioner, I said, how many open bedrooms are available in our community? And I think we put together an estimate of 10,000 bedrooms in Carver County that are available, you know, a widow person or a single person with an extra bedroom. We have the capacity if people want to make their places available. And I think you're paving the way to a success story. Can you talk about, as you open up the Chaska store, I think you're Ubering people for training, but then also as part of that, you had launched something called Free to Elderly in the Love Large program. Can you talk about those and where the heart for those those came? Yeah, so that was during COVID, and the, the I think it was WCCO or some news station caught wind of it, and then they uh, promoted it and did a story on it, and then all the other Savoys were getting calls about it, and they're like, what is going on? Why are people calling us for free food? I'm like, oops, sorry. That's something weird. <laughs> uh, so that was just like, how can we help people who are, are stuck in their house? Um, Kind of stem. I had a grand, I have grandparents that live in Richfield, yeah. and um, he was he passed away last year. But he was you know ninety six and couldn't drive and loves pizza. And I'm like, there's got to be other grandparents mm-hmm. out there and yep. people like that that just need to feel a little love during this because it's just so isolating. You know, we're such people, people. We need to be in community. And at that point, we couldn't be. So, mm-hmm. um, being able to just shine that light and say, hey, if you know someone that is struggling right now and just needs. Who doesn't love pizza? I who love pizza. Right. Who needs a comfort meal <laughs> just to feel a little love from the pizza? So No questions asked. No, just call in and to give us a name and an address and we'll get it there in an hour. And yeah. it, it blew and up. It wrote cool. a little encouraging message on their pizza box and usually brought like a pizza, cheese bread, some cookies and pop. So to be clear, do not call because the program is not, going. <laughs> it's not going on. We can yeah. go up, yeah. Well, while the program is going on, how many people do you think you reached? It was a lot of people. Yeah. I couldn't even say a number. For sure over 100. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, and then the other Savoy started doing it, and it just kind of, yeah. the chain reaction happened with that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. There, I saw a thing today, and this guy said they were talking about paleo, and he goes, there's two kinds of people in the world. People who like carbs and liars. Goes to your pizza thing. All right. So, so let's let's if it's okay, let's kind of go back to your. So, wh- where are you right now? So you 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 op- so talk about actually before with that. Talk about the second restaurant. So you said you got the financing for the second restaurant. Yeah. And then, what does that look like? I mean, how are you? How are you starting to spread? How are you learning to do? Because it's it's a whole different thing to run a business when you're there, yeah. as opposed to running managers. Yep. So how are you getting those? How are you getting that skill set? Do you know? Do you have mentor? Do you have, how are you doing that? Well, because this is all fast. I learn as I go, and that's what that's a good teaching point for me with the guys. Is like you think I know how to how to be a business owner? Like, did I know? No, I wake up in the morning. And I, if someone says they need something done. I have to research, how do I do it? And then I do it, like applying for the loan, dealing with the bankers, writing a business plan, all that. I didn't know how to do any of that. I didn't. I went to college. I forgot I was in college because I was on so much <laughs> math. 
And then two years later, I was like, oh, yeah, I was in college at one point. So I didn't learn anything in college because I was so high. But um, yeah, it's just been I heard that's a I detriment go. to learning. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I would just pass out in my books. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been learning as I go, and, and that's been a good teaching point for the guys. It's like you're not confident in doing it, but look, I didn't know how to do it. I, I learned the morning of, and then I did what I needed to do. And it's just, yeah. So there, go ahead. There's a lot of programs that happen through the county or city or other places, state, federal level. And one of the things I say is probably one of the best um, programs is a job. It gives you purpose and other things. Can you talk about how it impacted your life to have meaning to go to a job? And you're talking about the faith element as well. Yep. But also the 60 people that work for you, maybe pick out an example or two where somebody has, has stepped in without purpose, has stepped into a job that has purpose. And yep. what, does that, what does that mean for psyche? What does that mean for somebody that's coming out of a dark place? That's everything. To be able to have someone, when you feel like you don't deserve it, you feel like you messed your whole life up, to have someone come and say, hey, we see value in you. And we want to put you in a place and pizza might not have that much purpose, but this pizza funds owls. It funds opportunity mm -hmm. homes. It's going to pay for more people to, to go through what you've gone through and to get out on the other side. So one example, um, homeless man, drug addict. He was in a homeless shelter using heroin. He came, somehow heard, we, we got him a bus. He came over. Uh, he's been eight months sober now at the house. He, on October 1st, just became the GM of the Shakopee restaurant, mm. and he's always wanted to own a restaurant. So we're working with him on what does that look like? If you can treat the employees and the customers like we do, if you can replicate caring about people and building something good, let's do it almost time. Let's do it another time. We'll make you an owner, contract for deed. We'll just get you started. So then he can own a restaurant. He can be a restaurant owner. He can replicate now someone cared about me that much, now I've got 20 of my own employees, I'm gonna care about them that much. Yeah. I'm gonna give them opportunity. I'm gonna stay involved with Alos, and I'm gonna go to the houses and bring meals or host a holiday party or go work on the lawn with the guys there, whatever it is. Just... I think it's meeting people where they're at too. You know, when they come in sometimes, just even as employees when we hire them, they're in rough places sometimes, and it's giving them those third chances, those single moms that, mm -hmm. you know, their child care is unreliable, and being able to say, hey, we see you, we understand what's going on, we'll see yeah. you tomorrow instead, let's try again. Like, yeah. we're, it, it's all about the restart and being able to see them and see them as a valuable person and not just yeah. as And that's a good example, disposable. actually, of someone currently that is a single mom. She came and worked with us, she showed up every day for three weeks, and then she didn't show up, and she wasn't answering her phone. And any other employer would have let it go at that point, but I kept reaching out over the next three, four weeks, maybe once, twice a week, and then I had her start reaching out because bonding between two females yeah. obviously is better. But yeah, so we both started reaching out, and then she just didn't understand. She's like, I, I, she just didn't get it. Why are you reaching out? And she's like, my car broke. I go through all this stuff. My daughter can't get to daycare. We're like, well, let's fix your car. Let's start there. So she's just in tears. We went and paid to get her car fixed up. I work for a nonprofit in Scott County called Fish, and so we were able to put a need out for um, $1,000 to get her shifter fixed. I'm sorry, car logo, but yeah, so we got that fixed for her within a day, and she was texting me just in tears saying I find her daughter is about to leave, lose their daycare assistance. They've been homeless, and they had one more day. If she lost that, then her daughter would lose her stability for school, so we were able to get that filled through the Fish Partner Network, yeah. get it fixed, and get her back a job and get her driving yep. and get her daughter That's to daycare. Saying, come back to work and she just it's just so awkward she's like i don't know why you're doing this i don't know no one's ever like wanted to help me with anything she's like well 
because you deserve it. Right. Why not? It doesn't matter that you didn't show up for work. No. Like you're gonna show up for work one day. You're gonna you're gonna be at right. value. You are a value. Like you just gotta see that in yourself. I think it's illuminating as I've stepped into the space. I didn't grow up with a lot of these stories. You know, is it a life of privilege or blessing? I don't know. I just grew up in different circumstances, right. made some different choices. But one of the things I've learned is, if if that tail lights out the domino of effects that can come thereafter. Yeah, right. That yeah. that taillight becomes $250 fee, becomes I can't afford to do it, becomes childcare, becomes et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. If I were to ask you, Rachel and Chris, if you were to point to the root issues of a lot of those challenges, I've heard addiction, generational poverty, mental illness, other struggles. Would you point to the same? And, and if so, or if not, what are the like root causes of somebody that goes down a path of homelessness? Because I don't think anybody majority of people don't choose a path of homelessness mm -hmm. or choose a path of addiction you mentioned trauma as well yep yeah. i think a lot of it growing you know like I'm, I'm i have a heart for the moms and the kids and i just see these kids living in these traumatic situations and then you look at the mom and they were a kid once living most likely in the same traumatic situation and it's just the generational patterns repeating over and over and that's kind of what we want to break that cycle of the poverty and why why are they still impoverished why are they still living the way they're living if their mom mm -hmm. and their grandma lived that way Yep, and it's uh, it's you know not to not to take off all like it is out of their control. It's it's within your control, but it's out of your control. So we have two guys, 18 years old, both of them taken away from their parents at 10 because their parents were drug addicts. Now these two are not drug addicts yet, but they're passed around the foster system, beaten by people that they were families with. One of the guys tells about a metal wire hanger was slapped across his face. He's got scars on his face, and. Uh, he got his mom came back in the picture when he was 18 and then she just left and left town to go with another guy and left him with the boyfriend the boyfriend kicked him out because he didn't spend enough money on groceries of his own money for him so he said okay leave my house and then he was living in a tent behind cub foods so he you know his life the trajectory of his life he's gonna be homeless and he's gonna probably become a drug addict because of all the trauma he's dealt with and it's not his fault i mean it is his choice to use but now we've got him in the house. He lives with us. He worked with us for a little bit. Uh, both of these guys actually worked with us. They found other jobs because pizza wasn't their thing and that's okay. And we were able to kind of stop that. So to break that generational pattern before it happens, like three years from now, they could be at Teen Challenge sharing their story, abuse, trauma, neglect, and I became a drug addict. Yeah. Abuse, trauma, neglect, and somebody saw something in me, took me in, and I didn't go down that path. Yeah. And that's where they're at now. We have people step in and mentor. Mm -hmm. The one that was homeless behind a tent, you know, now he has a car he's renting from a guy from a church mm -hmm. for $50 a week and he just got his license. And he, I mean, just the leaps, he said he only had about a sixth grade level of education. We got him a tutor. So now he's learning how to do math and how to read. And, yeah. you know, just the things he missed out on. And Christmas is coming. We have Christmas gifts lined up for these guys. It's just... That's all through a local business. A local business reached out to like, hey, we want to give presents to your to your guys. Can you give us get us a list? So they have a tree, and on the tree is all the olives, guys. So we get to go bring gifts over and put them under the tree at the house, so they That's can experience cool. a real Christmas. So That's keep really the cool. momentum going. I don't think anybody can listen to this without having a heart, especially as we're cre creeping up on the holiday season. There's a, there's an awakening, I think, in your heart through the holiday season. But what are the on ramps for people if they want to hear this and they want to plug in? You've given some very practical examples, gifts, whatever. But how do how do people that that want to help connect with somebody that's in the trenches, connected to the real people and the real bodies? Yeah. So you can go to our website, allosministries.com. Spell it again. A L L O S Ministries. Dot com, And that is my 
my cell phone number, my email address is on there. So you reach out, you'll get in touch directly with me. And there's obviously financial partners that are needed, but then there's mentoring. There's like she mentioned the tutor. We have people come over and do yard work. So a good example, one of the guys would not, the 18 year old passed around the foster system. He's like, oh, this is another house, just another house. I'm gonna be rejected, whatever. I'm gonna stay in my room and close the door. Three months basically of just doing that, really hard to get him out. Some people decided to come over from the church and do yard work. And we're like, Jaden, Jonathan, you got to go out there and uh, you got to help them. Like, no, I don't want to. I'm like, well, you got it. You got to go outside and help with the yard work. He did. And then the next time uh, they came, like, Jaden, go out there and help. Jonathan, go out there and help. (laughs) Uh, And he did again a little bit more willingly this time. And then after that time, he came inside, went into his room, left the door open. Huge, huge deal. He always closes the door. And then I was about to leave the house. Comes running out with a Lego display and showing, hey, here's something I like to do. Here's my Lego. And it's just by going out and just being with people who were planting trees and laying mulch, he found some sort of community and some belonging. And then his door is now open. And there's an easier way. If you're not quite ready for those steps, you could just buy a pizza and let you do it, right? Right. right. Yeah, you use yeah. those profits right. for fuel. Yeah. yeah, because Savoy funds that. Yeah. So what's next for you guys? I mean, you, you said the goal was eight and eight. Eight and eight, yeah. So you're halfway there with the restaurants. This is number five, right? So this is number three. Oh, this is number Chaska three. is number three. We've got an area development agreement for eight total. Okay. So four, five, six, seven, eight to come. Uh, we've got the current house. And then with Scott County, we were just awarded $1.5 million to purchase more housing. And that, those housing, that housing specifically for families experiencing homelessness. So we need more housing. And the goal would be to be, have a cluster of houses around each restaurant so people can easily commute to and from work. And we've got another business, a cleaning business that we can employ people through. So it's just finding the people to partner in, in, in the expansion. And whether that's helping mentor people, tutor people, work on the houses, financial partners, whatever it is. Very cool. So do you have anything else? I do, but keep going. No. So this is a question I always like to ask from your point of view. What, what are the biggest myths, misconceptions and rumors on oh. any of the topics? Oh. Lost our connection with uh... all this fiber. You'd think the county wouldn't have dial-up, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll open up a separate tab. <laughs> well, this is a, I mean, it's, what you're doing is really, really cool. You're still live here. Yeah, I'm still live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll continue you know, that while I do a bit, recording. But, but my question was, is, is what are the um, misconceptions, myths, and rumors surrounding any of the big topics we've had that maybe the casual observer may want to hear from your mouth? That it is something that can't happen to anybody. So it can happen to anybody, and it's not because of bad choices. It's because of a, a life um, of struggle, or, or like we mentioned with these younger kids, it's because of their parents, what their parents did, and what they saw, um, and that those people are criminals. So that was a big thing. I'm not a criminal. I was a drug addict. Everything I ever did was because of my drug use, and any time that I would lie, cheat, or steal, it was because I was an addict and I needed to use. Um, get that out of me, the addiction, and I'm actually a good person. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it, what you're saying is, is something that we've heard, you know, I, we've got, I don't know, 75, 80 of these podcasts out, and over the course of it, talking to people that are involved with nonprofits, we when I started the podcast, I thought, I have to have a question. Like, 
the uh, like a, the bill like Tim Ferriss has a billboard question, right? I had called it the beer question. <laughs> and it's like if we're sitting in the li- you know living room and we're having a beer, what's that one thing that you wish people knew? And one of the things that came up quite often was, and in fact was actually your predecessor said, poor people aren't inherently character deficient. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a series of circumstances that put you on a path. And when you don't have, when you don't have options, I mean, when you don't perceive that you have options, right. you don't know to exercise those yeah. options. Yeah. And so, it, it what's so cool about your story is, you know, that someone came alongside you, right. and then now you're paying that forward, yeah. and being that, uh, that ramp. That yeah. we talked about an on ramp, but you're really talking about being an off ramp to a life of, uh, you know, uh, that's you know, going in a really, yeah. um, you know, to a dark place. Right. Yeah. And we, it's a little bit of a different model. We don't believe in recovery and it's a little controversial in that community. We believe there's life after. So it's like, how can we teach what is life after? You're not an addict. You're a person. Like, you're using. You're, we're using. You can be past it. You can be past recovery and living real life. It's just a it's, symptom of what's going on. It's a symptom. It's the tip of the iceberg. Right. And it's built character. You're stronger. Your endurance is higher. Everything you are, not to compare to other people, but you're so much more than anyone who hasn't been through anything. You've been built into something refined over time, and we can let that. We can, we can see what that is and help it to shine. That's awesome. I almost hate to like ask any more questions because I'll just screw it up. <laughs> Let's close it up that way. Uh, we'll get these things posted. We've been with Greg Anderson with uh, Living in Pod, uh, Living in Carver County podcast with Rachel and Chris. Come support them. Um, order a pizza as soon as tomorrow, Wednesday, and beyond. Ask them the questions. Encourage them. And and if you don't know the answers, we st- we stepped in some big topics, but only scratched the surface. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate your vulnerability and willingness to share this because I think people can learn approachably through the comfort of their own home. Some of these challenges in our community that maybe even five or ten years ago that that would have been um, not not easy to talk about. We're having these conversations. Yeah. Well, and everybody has some kind of a connection to this. You know, they may be ashamed to admit it, but somebody has a family member, somebody has an acquaintance, somebody has a coworker who's got a child that are dealing, you know, they're dealing with these types of issues. And yeah. and so, you know, the more light that we can shine on it, the more we, we create a path for people to actually find that, yeah. you know, that exit ramp from that behavior. So what you guys are doing is amazing and, um, I, you know, we're going to be Red Savoy pizza fans. Yeah. <laughs> the good work. All right. I'm going to close it out. Thank you. All right. Alrighty. Fantastic. And we'll stop right now if that's okay with you. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.